Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. Here's Pastor Ryan. Prophecy update. It's like, <laughs> it's like putting yourself under a lot of pressure, right? When you say that, especially in 2022, because there's so much going on in the world. Where can we begin, right? But we serve a big God who gets us where we want to go. Amen. So let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, we acknowledge you. You are our loving God, our Father who has adopted us by the precious blood of your Son, Jesus. Lord, we're here in his name, Yeshua. Jehovah is salvation. We ask that you would speak to us through your word, that you would teach us, that we would be teachable. Give us humble hearts, for you say you teach the humble your ways but the proud you know from afar. Lord, we need your instruction in these days so desperately, and we're grateful that you give it. So Lord, bless our time. Holy Spirit, minister to us. Pour out your grace, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right, so turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And give me an amen once you are there. Because this topic is a very uh, extensive topic, we'll be doing this for two weeks at least, okay? So part one's this morning. As I was seeking the Lord as to what he would have me to, to say to you, I prayed, Lord, in the light of what's going on in the world today, in, in light of the times that we are living in, Lord, what would you have us to do as a church? That was my prayer when I began to study uh, for this. And in my devotion, I happened to be in Ezra 5, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly in Ezra 5. It was the time when the Israelites were returning home from the uh, captivity in Babylon. Remember that? They were taken captivity for their sins for 70 years. And when they came back to Jerusalem and Judah, they had permission by the king to rebuild the temple of the Lord, making that the second temple. Well, the haters of the Jews and the schemers schemed, and so uh, they convinced uh, uh, the king to shut it down. And so it was shut down, and they stopped building but we read in Ezra 5 that the Lord sent them two prophets, Haggai and Zacharias, and, or Zechariah. And he sent them to prophesy over the builders there in Judah and Jerusalem. These two prophets, they, they prophesied, they proclaimed God's word upon them. 
God's instructions, God's blessing. They did it in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. And it says that. They, they prophesied in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So it's not the kings that are over them. It's God. Remember, it's God that's over you. And when they were done, it says that the builders rose up and commenced with the building of the temple. They began to work again once the prophets prophesied over them. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them in the building of the church or the church of the temple. And so the Lord spoke to my heart. Clearly, I believe that God wants you and I to continue building in the light of the times that we are living in. Don't stop building the house of the Lord. Don't stop spreading the gospel in these last days. The Lord is looking for fruit. God is the owner of the vineyard, and he has sent us laborers into his vineyard to produce fruit. Don't stop producing fruit. Don't stop building. The devil and those that he has deceived are trying to keep the church from building what God wants us to build. Do you know that Jesus refers to Satan as the one who deceived, deceives the nations? Satan is the one who deceives the nations. He deceives them into doing wickedness. He deceives them into doing evil, but they think they're doing good because they're deceived. That's deception. When you do what's evil, but you think you're doing good. Is that not the state that we're living in? What is clearly evil is being considered good. What's clearly good is being considered evil. Because Satan has deceived the nations. Don't stop building. Don't stop building God's house. We are at crunch time prophetically. Jesus is going to come back for his church real soon, any moment now. He's coming. And will he find us laboring for him? Or will he like find us just not involved anymore? I was reading Psalm 96. Psalm 96, write it down. Look it up later. Please, write it down. Psalm, which one? 96. It begins, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. Sing a new song, the psalmist writes. New speaks of newness, freshness. Not something that's old, not something that's been done. It speaks of a freshness. Our relationship with the Lord this year should be fresh. It shouldn't be old wineskins and doing the same old things that we did many years ago. And some of our relationships with the Lord is very dry. 
very unenthusiastic, very blah. Where God is saying, sing a new song. It is up to you and up to me individually to stir up those gifts that God has given us, to stir up love towards God, enthusiasm towards God, zealousness for God. As our Lord went into the temple and then flipped tables over, and he said, you know, that the, the scripture quoted was, you know, zealousness for my father's house has eaten me up. The church needs to be zealous. There needs to be a freshness to your walk. And only you can do that for you and I can do it for you, for me. The Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it stem forth the issues of life. With all diligence, we have to self-examine our hearts and say, am I on fire for the Lord or am I not? And if I am not, it is my fault, not anyone else's. We cannot say the devil made me do it. We cannot say this church made me do it. It's between us and Jesus Christ as to why we're not excited, why we're not singing a new song to him, a freshness in our walk. That same psalm, which psalm? 96, good job. It ends this way. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. We need to declare his gospel and not stop, for he is coming. There has to be a freshness in our walk with the Lord because he is coming. We have to be serious today because he is coming. And thus, here we are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul has a lot to say about this. Paul wrote... First and Second Thessalonians, early in his ministry, about 51 A.D., First Thessalonians is such a beautiful letter. It, it spoke to the church at Thessalonica about the imminent return of, of God. God is coming. His wrath is coming. But he gave them the good news and told them they were not appointed to wrath. But false teachers had, had been raised up and began to tell them that the Lord had already come. But that wasn't true. And that's why he addresses them with the second letter. They were confused, and so Paul is clearing up the false narrative with the truth, which is always the way to go. How do you clear up false prophecies? How do you clear up false teachings? How do you clear up fake news? And with the truth, guys, with the truth. It's always the truth. The day of Christ, what we'll read in verse 1, we'll get right into it. It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And so here we see Paul warning them, hey, you know, don't let anybody deceive you with false prophecies. He has not come back. The day of Christ has not happened. Right? What does he say? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gathering together. Uh, it had not come. He called it the day of Christ. 
The day of Christ refers to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The second coming of our Lord is different than the rapture of the church. Amen? I'm going to presume that there may be some here that are new to Christianity. You may not have heard uh, really of, of the difference or, or, or what it is. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it speaks of the rapture of the church. It's a time where Christ is going to meet his church in the air as he snatches the church out of here before the great tribulation. For he has not appointed us to wrath. This is a reality that can happen at any moment. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's rapture. That's harposo in the Greek. We shall be caught up, snatched away together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That is the rapture of the church. That is not Christ's second coming. The rapture of the church comes before the second coming of the Lord. The second coming of the Lord is when Jesus comes back with his church to destroy the wickedness, the wicked people of this planet. When he comes to judge the world, to destroy the world, to judge it. The day of Christ, the day of the Lord, the great day of the Lord. I, my favorite place where it's mentioned is when Jesus mentioned it himself just before he went to the cross while he was on trial before the high priest. Remember how he kept silent and they were questioning him? And in Matthew 26, verse 63, it says that the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said to them, to him, it is as you said, nevertheless, I say to you hereafter, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. What a powerful statement before he went to the cross. They may be crucifying him, but he's letting them know he's coming back to judge them. He's coming. That is the great day of the Lord. That is his second coming and in Matthew uh, 24, Jesus would say that after the great tribulation, uh, it says uh, in verse 30, then he says, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one one end of heaven to the other. Jesus is coming back to bring judgment upon this world. That we can depend fully on it. We can trust his promise. He's coming back to judge this world. But Paul is saying to the church, it hasn't happened. Don't worry. Don't let anybody, not by spirit, not by word, not by letter, not by spirit, right? right? Speaking of, of prof, prophets, prophecy, 
False spirits, false prophets. Don't let any false prophet, don't let any uh, uh, word or any letter confuse you, deceive you, cause you to fear as if it already happened. And he's leaning into uh, the reality of deception in this world. He's saying, look out, church at Thessalonica. Don't let anyone deceive you. Look to the truth of God's word for prophecy. Test all things. Don't follow anyone who says they're a Christian or any pastor who says they're a Christian. Look at the fruit according to God's truth. Don't let anybody by spirit, by word, or by letter deceive you. That's important for the coming of our Lord. Before he comes, Paul says here in verse 3, Let no one deceive you by any means that that day will, that for that day will not come. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Jesus Christ will not come back to judge this world until the falling away comes first. The word falling away is apostasia in Greek. It means to stand away from. Apostasia means to stand away from. It means to revolt, to depart. It's an abandoning of a position once held. This rebellion will take place within the professing church. It will be a departure from God's truth. Apostasia, apostasy, apostate. Before Jesus comes back to judge the world, Paul is saying that one of the greatest signs that is evident that he's coming soon is that there's going to be apostasy in the church. Welcome to 2022. Apostasy. Churches that once stood firm are now standing away from what they first believed. We are living in those times. There are many signs that Jesus is going to return to judge the world. There are many signs concerning his second coming that show us that his rapture for the church can happen at any time because of the signs of his second coming. And we see churches and we see Christians that are departing from the validity of God's word as, as doctrine in a church and in our lives personally. There's too much softness going on in our lives practically when it comes to the truths of God's word. Where we say, yeah, I've sinned, but I'm under grace. And so it doesn't apply to me because he knows that I'm going through such a difficult time in my life right now. And so with God, he understands that I'm living in sin. No, we are against his word if we are living in sin. And we need to repent. There's too much compromise. Well, it doesn't apply to me. It applies to them. It, it, there's a softness that has that crept into the church. 
God is gracious and kind, but his word is valid and it is our gauge. It is our compass. And without it, with compromise of it within our lives, where would we be? We're in danger. That's where we are if we compromise his word. Paul would tell Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Turn there with me, please. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Next book over. Next page over. Give me an amen when you're there. Now the Spirit... Verse 1, chapter 4, expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And so here again we see in the scriptures that in the latter days many will depart from the faith, from the truth of God, and, 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 and be hypocritical in their, in, their, in their stances and in their preaching. And in their lives, speaking things that are not biblical unto people. This is part of the signs. In the latter days, people are going to go away from the word of God, compromise the word of God. And we see that happening. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul would exhort Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, write it down. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Timothy is exhorted to preach the word because there's going to be a time when people will not endure the word. They won't want to hear the word. They're going to want to uh, heap up for themselves teachers, pastors, who are going to tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. This is what's happening all over the church. And I use that term loosely because apostasy, you know, it means that, that churches will, will be Christians by name only, but not in doctrine. These are places of entertainment base. These are placement, places of experientially based. But the word of God is compromised, you know, brutally. He says to young Timothy, endure afflictions. You see, seeker-friendly pastors, they don't want to endure afflictions for their hirelings. It's a career. It's a job. It isn't about Jesus Christ. It's about being popular, being a celebrity pastor, entertaining people, not preaching the truth. Hirelings do not bear afflictions. When Paul told them, bear afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Convince, rebuke, exhort. Seeker-friendly pastors will rebuke me for preaching the truth. 
Seeker-friendly pastors will look at me and say, you're persecuting me. That's not the persecution that Jesus talked about. They will persecute us because we stand for his truth. And he says, convince and rebuke. There are pastors who don't want to rebuke anybody. If I rebuke you, you'll leave. If I don't give you what you want, you'll leave. Rebuking says, I love you enough to tell you the hard truth, whether you leave or not is up to you. And they're not doing that in churches. If I wanted a movie, I'd go to the movie theater if I want to be entertained. I want to go to church where they're going to teach me what Jesus has to say. So many churches and so many believers are pulling away from the truths of God's word. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.